Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. And time for the Mets Spring Training Report. An 11-4 loss today. Rafael Montero gave up five runs in the eighth inning. It is spring training, and Sal bringing the perspective earlier. Not going too nuts that the Mets lost to the Yankees. Who cares? Couldn't take a shot. Results don't matter. The I Mayor's mean. Trophy is on the line. <laughs> is it? I don't know, to be uh. honest. <laughs> I think it is. Do they play is any it, more throughout the spring? Is it the, the regular season now because they play every year? Uh, yeah. It used to be the last spring training game, right? Yeah, when it came yeah. back north, it was the last one before the season started. And that was a big deal before interleague play. Right. And then interleague play kind of ruined the fun of the spring training matchups with these two teams. This is a big year for the Subway Series where they will play the full three at City Field and the full three at Yankee oh, Stadium. Oh, because the divisions collide yes. this year? Okay. Yeah, so it won't be that little four-game series, two here, two there. All right, I got used to that and becoming the norm, and then you forget that when they do cross, they play. So now I'm going to look this up. I have the schedule right here. Yeah, Dude. it's better when they break it up. Uh, June 8th, 9th, 10th, that is, I believe, at City Field. Where's the Yankees? Uh, and then at uh, July 20th, 21st, 22nd, at Yankees. And it's good it's in the middle of the summer. That's like usual time for it. Yeah, right, because it used to be late August, or wasn't it September? Yeah, it was September recently, yeah. and that was really bizarre and not as fun. I guess that was 2016 that they played in September. When Bruce got traded, remember, he, like right after the trade deadline, which yeah. was the end of August, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was, it was September, and the Yankees were pretty much out of it. The Mets were kind of competing for a wild card, but they hadn't gone on their little September run yet, as far as I remember, and uh, it, was, it was kind of odd. Three weeks from tomorrow, opening day. That's all we got. Forget about these spring training results. I guess, like you said, you want to watch some of the pitchers perform. And you know, are you taking anything from Darno or whatever? I know Nimmo's had a nice spring. Look, Nimmo's got an opportunity. He's trying to take advantage of. I guess you could look at that. Nimmo's putting the heat yeah. on Juan Lagares. What you should be doing, Lagares, please. Lagares is bad. I, I just I don't have faith it's going to come around. I, I know he did a lot of work this off season, spring training, but I haven't seen much fruit of his labor it doesn't look that different to me than it did last year is you know trying to add the launch angle and become more of a power threat we know he's a great defender but he can have value on the team being the eighth ninth inning out there playing defensively Mets need a leadoff guy and and Nimmo looks terrific offensively I'd typically go you know offense over defense and I know that's the thought process in the Mets but uh I, I like the idea of Nimmo, at the very least, playing against the right-handers and getting the majority of the playing time well, out there. Well, you heard it here first. We had Sandy Alderson on, and I believe you asked him the question, who's going to bat leadoff on this team, and he said Nimmo. I mean, he was the one who threw it, was it a, out Well, there. he's the first name that he right. mentioned yeah. of the options. So that was eyebrow-raising to me because of all the options on the team, that's where you're going to start. And remember, you know, Todd Frazier became a name oh, for the wall. They on. don't have anyone to go to. It's Drupal Cabrera might be their best option to hit leadoff. You know, unless you want to get wacky and creative, like apparently the Yankees might do. Well, I know we'll save that <laughs> and get into it later. But Aaron Judge could end up hitting leadoff. But let me, like, the idea of Yoenna Cespedes hitting leadoff for the Mets. Stupid! And comically oh, okay, stupid. Okay, we right? won't say it before later. Let's do it now. Here, here's the problem. And Callaway, Callaway has, because it comes to Frazier, you know, Frazier batting leadoff, right? And then Callaway would say, or actually in this particular case, it was Callaway saying who's going to hit eighth. And, oh, sometimes I'll have the pitcher bat eighth, so this way we have more guys on in front of the guys at the top of the order. 
Well, isn't the whole idea then to do it the way that the old guys used to do it? If you want guys on in front of your better hitters, bat your better hitter three and four, and then you could have, I don't know, the first and second hitter in the lineup get on in front of those guys, as opposed to having to bat Cespedes in this example first and then bat the pitcher eighth so you could have the ninth hitter, who's generally the worst hitter on the team, bat in front of your best uh, hitter in Cespedes. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like it. It's stupid. I like creativity. I like silly lineup things. I like, you know, the pitcher hitting eighth when Tony LaRusso would do it years ago. I, I like, you know, guys that try to outthink the game a little bit. Maybe it gets them in trouble, but at least they're thinking. But Aaron Judge hitting leadoff does not make any sense to me at all. And, and even hearing what. Guys, a 50 home run hitter. You batting him leadoff? Even see what Aaron Boone said about it. He basically just didn't rule it out, but saying, yeah, it's highly unlikely we would do that. And I, I think this is one of those lessons that Aaron Boone and Mickey Calloway are going to learn their first year. Yeah. If you don't stamp something out as no, this is what everyone will run with, and it can become you know, a little bit of a forest fire for you. Not that it's the end of the world for the Yankees, but it becomes something that it doesn't need to be and that Aaron Boone never said it was. And it's not even that Aaron Boone said it. You have then other people yeah. thinking that this is a good idea. Well, okay. And I don't care if you went to Harvard, Dartmouth, what numbers <laughs> or stats you crunch or throw at me. I don't care what his on-base percentage is or if he walks. Aaron Judge never was, never, ever will be a leadoff hitter. A guy who hits 50 home runs, Pete, is not getting paid or not in the lineup or on the team to draw walks. He's on the team to hit home runs to drive in the guys who draw walks. Same thing with Todd Frazier to a lesser level. He may not be a 50 home run guy, but on the Mets, he's a big power bat. He sh- It's asinine to think that he should be batting leadoff. Be careful with the walks. Walks are good. Yeah, they're fine. Not for <laughs> home run hitters. I agree with most of what you're saying. But, walk, but walks set up the home runs. You don't want guys chasing pitches out of the zone. You it don't, sets it up. You don't don't want Aaron Judge or Todd Frazier in their respective lineups walking and handing it off to the next guy to drive you in. Everybody can't walk. So if walking's so great, if, what happens if everybody walks? Okay, You need guys to drive those guys in. Guys have to hit. I'd rather have everybody hit than everybody walk. Walking is good for guys who can't hit. And I don't understand why these geniuses oh, from on. Ivy League schools can't understand that. The best offensive season I've ever seen, Barry Bonds walked 200 plus times. They didn't pitch to him. And he didn't chase. They didn't pitch to him. They would pitch around him. He didn't chase either. And if they're pitching around you, so be it. You take the walk. And how many times was Bonds walked on purpose? I don't know. Intentionally walked. It was a large number, but it wasn't 200. And and why do you think he was walked intentionally? He was the most selective hitter in the game. He never chased anything. Why do you think he was walked intentionally a lot? Because he's dangerous. Because the other manager would rather see him walk than hit a home run. (laughs) The same thing with Aaron Judge. They'd rather walk him than see him go deep 50 times. Yeah. Certain guy, Joey Votto, is not being paid to walk. He's got to drive in runs for Cincinnati. It's part of his value. Part of his value is that he gets on base and walks. The, the whole game is predicated on don't make an out. And the on-base on percentage, the inverse of that, is basically what percentage of time you make it out. No. Don't I, make outs. No, you need guys. To, certain guys should get on base. Certain guys should drive and runs. And the more I think about this and try to evolve, the more I realize I am right and everyone else is wrong. The old way is the better way. They try to come up with new ways to do what the old guys are doing without all these numbers. That failed. Let's bat the pitcher eighth so we can have a guy in the nine hole could get on in front of our leadoff hitter who's now a 50 home run hitter. That's, that's a logic. I've been trying to make you evolve, and I've just... I've, <laughs> 
I failed. I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's my fault here. I, I have to do better. Yeah, yeah you got to tone it down a little bit. Yeah, you're right, Sandy. <laughs> I, I, I probably should. Uh, we will have uh, Wayne Randazzo coming up at, at 7.20, or uh, a little after 7.20, as we'll get another weather update for you soon as uh, we keep you uh, abreast of what's happening with the New York Mets. We're talking plenty about the rotation, what Stephen Matz has to prove. I mean, up here in New York, I think we're... For the most part, wonder what the heck is going on with Stephen Matz, and then you know what's the attitude down there in Port St. Lucie. We'll get that perspective on it coming up, and you know we do have some NFL free agency draft, a lot all of that trades. buzz. There's some big trades that've been going on. Giants go out yeah. and pick up a, a linebacker that it just never signed. thought I'd see the day. Yeah, Giants get a linebacker it, and a guy who just signed a big contract with yeah. his former team. So it is uh, rather interesting. So we'll hit all that. Wayne Randazzo coming up soon. Right now, your latest weather update. W-O-R. Winter Storm Update. And uh, well warranted it is because we really have a storm enveloping New York City right now. And uh, transit, of course, is taking the brunt of this. New Jersey Transit suspending bus service this evening. The roads are horrible out there. Multiple New Jersey Transit and Long Island Railroad lines also suspended. NYC Ferry Service suspended until further notice. Uh, NJ Power outages at least 150,000 right now so uh there is a lot of temporary damage being done to people's commutes to people's lives out there with this big storm and mark thibodeau from the weather channel is here to tell us where we stand in this storm and what the path of this storm and the timing of this storm appear to be at this point well we continue to see very heavy snow moving across the region getting a, a few snow totals in now gardner town in orange county has had 16 inches of snow out of the system in highland mills in orange county we've had 21.2 inches of snow out of this particular storm. Uh, seeing a few reports a little closer to home, Teterboro, 5.7 inches of snow out of this particular storm, 3 inches just in the last hour. So that's what we're talking about. These snowfall rates could be anywhere from 2 to 3 inches an hour. Yeah, it's Winter the snowfall rates that are really doing all this rip, damage. Yeah, right? absolutely. Right. Yeah, snowing 2 inches an hour, definitely very, very heavy snow. Just don't travel at all. Travel really not recommended because uh, the roads are just going to be a mess. Some of them closed, I'm sure, in some cases. Um, and heavy wet snow. So when you try to remove it, do it slowly because this can put a lot of stress on the body. Certainly trying to remove heavy wet snow, it can cause problems. Certainly, um, yeah, it's what we call heart attack snow, frankly, because the water weight is so heavy. Yeah, heavy wet snow. snow. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we got another hour or so before it starts to let up a little bit. But then again, the roads are going to be slushy and dangerous as we head through the night. Coastal flood advisories continue as well for much of the uh, south shore of Long Island. Uh, 8 to 12 still looks like a good range for most of the area. Higher mm. amounts locally, much higher as we've seen, and locally lower amounts across Long Island. For instance, the uh, forecast office on Long Island has only had about four inches of snow so far, uh, which is near Iceland. Well, so. all Long Island is always supposed to have less of this. Yeah, usually, right? yeah, unless you get a Far East track, then that tends to up. But, I mean, more. in this case, I think the forecast is always for Long Island right. to see exactly. less snow than we're getting right yeah. here in the city of Manhattan. Yeah, Smithtown just got a few more reports just kind of dribbling in here. Smithtown and Suffolk County has had uh. five inches. Uh, Ledyard Center, New London, Connecticut, though, has had two. So the snows are moving up from south to north, and they're going to be moving up into western Connecticut through the evening hours uh, out of our area gradually. But, again, roads uh, quite dangerous for a while here. All right. Um, so give us an hour and a half, give us two hours, and we start to right. see some uh, light through yeah, the Yeah, some lighter snows snow. actually t- taper down to some snow showers and then right. and, and then moving out. Okay. So. Well, that's good. So it's not going to be around too much longer. Mark Thibodeau from the Weather Channel, thanks very much. So hang in there, dear listener. Uh, another couple hours, we're 
We're out of here. We're out of the brunt of this at any rate. We'll have more Sports Zone coming right up. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co host Al Licata. All right, back here in the Sports Zone, and we have the pleasure to be joined right now by Wayne Randazzo from much nicer Florida after uh, the Mets and Yankees uh, play the spring training game today. How we doing tonight, Wayno? What's up, Pete? Sal, how are you doing? Wayne, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> I bet. A lot better at the very least. Uh, how about, um, you know, Zach Wheeler, three scoreless today. What kind of realistic chance, even if everybody does stay healthy, do you think Zach Wheeler has of cracking this opening day rotation? Pretty realistic if Steven Matz uh, keeps giving up five runs in every inning that he pitches. I mean, so far, <laughs> in the last two-thirds of an inning, Matz has given up ten runs. So uh, if Steven Matz doesn't write the ship, then, yeah, I think Wheeler, if he continues to pitch well, could usurp Matz, and then Matz would be the odd man out. Right, but, I mean, it's a big if, isn't it, Wayne? I know the city, and look, I mean, we get paid to overreact here, uh, but I know the city's going nuts about it. Just two starts, whether it's Harvey, uh, it's been a few starts, I guess, for Wheeler. Matt's obviously just a two. I mean, isn't it too early to be talking about writing Matt's off here? I mean, have you seen anything that makes you think that this is going to be the new norm, or are you going to give him some more time here and believe he can bounce back to what we hoped he could be? Everybody's giving him more time. I mean, at this at this. Nobody's changed anything at this point. Right now, Steven Matz is penciled in to be one of the five starters. But after two starts, he has not looked very good. So, yeah, if it's if it turns into three or four starts where he doesn't look good and Wheeler continues to pitch well, then you that you start to have that conversation. It gets a lot more realistic that Wheeler could could replace Matz in the rotation to start the year. I mean, the, you, you know, you, you say it's only two starts, but. They're only, what, five or six in, in all of spring anyway. So if, if you're going to have this competition for rotation spots, for bullpen spots, then you have to put them up to their results. And so far, Wheeler's results have been much better than Matt's. Now, I still think Matt's has the edge because that's how it was going into camp, kind of like, you know, preseason college football. You, you know, it takes a couple losses for those teams to get knocked out once they're in. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it, at this point, it's still Matt's, but I think that it could get shakier if he continues to have his trouble. Wheeler's closing on the outside. Uh, that's what's uh, happening right now. So, you know, with Matt's, the way I see it, he hasn't been pitching well with men on base. This was an issue last year. He's been, uh, the command hasn't been there for him in those spots. Is there one thing that the Mets have pointed at? Is that fair to say that's the biggest problem Matt's has? No, I think, uh, you know, they haven't really been public with, you know, what they feel like is his biggest problem. Maybe his biggest problem is he, he's still afraid of getting hurt. Maybe he doesn't want to let it go completely. Maybe he's holding back some. Uh, you know, we're seeing the fastball, you know, it, it's registering. It's, it's, he's, he's dialing it up there on 93 or so, so he's throwing hard. Uh, breaking stuff has not been sharp. You know, his changeup's kind of been non-existent, so he's just having a tough time. Now, part of that maybe because he hasn't pitched. Part of that might be... You know, maybe there is something mentally going on with runners on base. I mean, at this point, you know, they're they're kind of just they believe they'll be able to figure things out. Uh, this is a very confident coaching coaching staff between Mickey Callaway and Dave Island. You know, Dave Island probably thinks Pete that he could get you to throw seven shutout innings in a major league game. He's a confident guy about what he can do. And uh, I think he he thinks he can figure out all these guys. That's yeah. not that funny, Sal. I can do it. 
maybe he'll request. Next thing you know, he's going to be asking to get uh, Victor Zambrano over here. Uh, Wayne, how about <laughs> any chance? Let's say Matt's rebounds, right, and, and starts to find it and levels out here, and Wheeler continues doing what he's doing. Any chance Wheeler starts the season with the big club in the bullpen, or you think they've kind of moved on from that and said, you know what, this guy's better suited as a starter? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate Wheeler being in the bullpen. Uh, it's possible that you know, at the end of the day, they just want to take their best pitchers, regardless of of how, who they are and where they fit. Uh, I don't, I don't think they'll do that with Wheeler. He's been fairly expressive about the fact that he's a starting pitcher. He, in his one relief appearance this spring, that was by far his worst uh, outing of the three that he's had so far. Uh, you know, it could have been because his routine was thrown off, as he mentioned after that outing behind Matt Harvey in Orlando last week. It could have just been that he just didn't have it that day. I mean, regardless of, of what the reasons were, he's not comfortable in the bullpen, and he's not a great bounce-back guy. I mean, he kind of needs his rest. He needs his routine, and uh, and that's fine. So, But it also might mean that he starts the year in Las Vegas. So we'll see. I think that there's still a lot to iron out there. And, you know, in a battle, too, between Gaselman and Lugo, because I think one of those guys will end up in the bullpen during spring training. And, you know, they both pitched pretty well so far this spring. I mean, they both had about the same outing in the last couple of days. So uh, that's another situation and, and decision the Mets need to have. Now, battles galore, and you hope that the Mets actually do have to make a decision in all these cases and not just have them made for them uh, via injury, as we've seen in the past, as we chat Wayne Randazzo. Speaking with injuries, Wayne, what's going on with Ahmed Rosario? Well, at first they said it was his knee that was irritated, that he tweaked it some running the bases last weekend in, in Jupiter. Um, then we come to find out the MRI was done on his groin, on his, in his hamstring area. And that's, I guess, where they are keying in on as far as injury is concerned. But, you know, it's, they just don't believe it's anything major. I firmly expect Rosario to be playing in a game soon. And, you know, I don't think there's any concern that they'll be missing him for any part of the early part of the season. How about Nimmo, Wayne, who's done a nice job with his opportunity here so far this spring? I mean, it's looking more likely uh, he's going to be there. I mean, I would not every day, obviously. Nobody plays every day anymore. But he's going to be their main guy in center field if this keeps up to start the season and get the majority of playing time over Ligaris. Am I correct with that? I would think at this point, yeah, I mean, it's still a few weeks to go, but Ligaris has not done himself any favor so far? I mean, the hamstring was bothering him a little bit. He hasn't hit much. Uh, Nimmo's been great in his in his opportunities. Uh, I mean, it's still very clear that Lagares is the superior defender. If if the Mets decide we just want defense, we don't care if Lagares hits enough or or whatever, uh, then they'll stick Lagares out there. But if if they do value the bat in that position and in the leadoff spot in the order, which right now I think the Mets are still considering that it's pretty wide open, who's going to bat first? It seems like Nimmo is their best option to bat in the leadoff spot while Conforto is out. So uh, they very well may have Nimmo take all the reps against right-handed pitchers and save Ligares for the lefties. And uh, the only reason why they wouldn't is just because you know they feel like they they just want the glove out there. I know you're you know very sabermetrically minded. Uh, Aaron Judge leadoff, uh. yes or no? Yeah, I'm fine with it. You know, I, I think that you get, especially in the American League, because especially with the Yankees lineup, he's only going to bat first once, and he can very well give you a one nothing lead. And then after that, 
you, know, you have the guys in, in the Yankees lineup, they all can get on base. They can all hit. So it's not like you're, you're going to run into a 7-8-9 in their order that's just garbage, automatic outs. I just don't think that's the case. I think in, in their situation, Judge would bat more, and he would be able to uh, you know, make an impact at the very beginning of the game. I, I think with their lineup, it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Uh, as long as Stanton and Judge are in, the, in two of the top three spots in the order and, and Sanchez is close by, uh, you know, those guys in three of the top four spots, it doesn't matter where you hit any of those guys, really. I, I mean, I, I think that those guys will all drive in runs. They're all going to get on base. They're all going to take their hacks. Uh, they've got very good problems uh, on, in the Bronx. I mean, Bird, Gardner, those guys are all going to do what they do. Gregorius and uh, the Yankees are going to score a lot of runs this year, regardless of, of who's hitting where. Now, Sal's face beat red that you oh, say yes, on. but uh, mean, yeah. <laughs> we got to hit the weather update. Thanks, Wayno. Thanks, Wayne. All right. Thanks, guys. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co host Sal Licata. As we just chatted with Wayne Randazzo and talked to some Mets, uh, but he also stamped approval on Aaron Judge leadoff hitter sound. I love Wayne. I have great respect for him uh, as a you know baseball mind. He's a great play-by-play guy, great broadcaster. Anyone who thinks that Aaron Judge should bat leadoff is just you know I don't want to be too critical. Of it. It's just it's just a foolish <laughs> idea. It's just say it. <laughs> It's a full. Right Pete, you're supposed to rein me in, not no, push me no, other I'm way. I'm pushing you here because I'm with you on this. I, I think it's silly that you'd hit Aaron Judge lead. Well, off. and how about the logic like we were talking about before? Whether it's Callaway talking about batting the pitcher eighth because they want the guy who's ninth to get in front of the guys on top of the order. It doesn't make any sense. Brandon Nimmo's a good leadoff hitter because he could get on base. He's mm-hmm. going to put the ball in play. He's not a guy who's going to hit 50 home runs. So mm-hmm. he's a guy who's not going to drive in a ton of runs, but he could be a run producer by getting on base. So you put him in front of the guys like. Cespedes or Conforto, whoever, who are going to drive in runs with some power and hit home runs. And with Judge, it's the same thing. You got Aaron Hicks, you got Gregorius, Brett Gardner. There are other guys to bat on, to get on in front of him in that lineup. Well, let's say Nimmo doesn't do a great job as the leadoff guy. Okay. Or at the very least, when Conforto comes back, there's not a place for Nimmo. I don't love Conforto so, as a leadoff guy either. I don't either. love him, but there's no one else to put there. And that's a situation where you would bat the pitcher eighth, put somebody nine that you hope can get on base in front of Conforto Cespedes as your one-two in the lineup. But even if you are going to do that, why not just force somebody else in the one hole? Because like you said, like everybody says, well, you only lead off once a game. So, well, you, you don't could... want to force someone to get the most at bats and plate appearances on your team that doesn't belong fair, there. And that's that's fair. I mean, that would be the argument. But you can't tell me that you're putting Judge up. Or, you know, in this case, whoever it may be, Cespedes or, uh, or Conforto, just so they could get the most at bats. That's why I don't think it makes, I'm fine with two or three, but batting leadoff is a little different story because you're going to have the worst hitters on the team up in front of them. You know whose fault this discussion is? Who? Mike Mazio. Oh, yeah, right. The New York Daily News. Uh, he covers the Yankees. We will have him on at 8.05 because he proposed this idea. As far as I could tell, he proposed it to Aaron Boone, who didn't throw was he, was it him enough who asked the cold question? water. I'm not 100% sure. I know sure, he but wrote it, an article today on it. Yeah, but he backed it up and had Boone's uh, comments in there. So we'll, you know, we'll get the lowdown on that from Mike coming up uh, at 8.05 and how meaningful it was for the Yankees to knock off the Mets and stamp down that it's a Yankee town. 
once again. Yeah. It's kind of been that for a while now. Well, I like that it starts the season that way, and you hope it ends up a different way, because that's been the M.O. Last year was supposed to be a Mets town, and obviously the Yankees took it over and earned their rightful place. Say, and, say know, hope. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Hope the Yanks go in the tank and the Mets can be in the playoffs again. There you go. Uh, and then it could become a Jets town. Yeah, one day, maybe. I, I'll can tell I you, man. I'm I into hope? the Jets. I, I think I'm more of a Jets fan than you at this point. Well, I just I lost all passion for them last year when they're not trying to win. I don't. I can't go through the roller coaster games. I'm a nut during these games, Sal. I'm pacing up and down. Can we make I a plan? Still can we make a plan to watch to do a football Sunday together this year? Yeah. And now I don't take those things lightly. So this is a big invite. This okay. is like a serious invite. I'm sure you don't either. But it would be cool to get together, go out to a bar. Yeah. I mean, we want to bring the wives. That's fine. Let them chat, whatever. But if it's just you and me, I'm fine with that too. Uh, I, mean, I guess we could invite Martell or Mark. But... Well, it's too bad. No, no, no. Okay. Just so just you and I, and I. No, have some beers and watch, the, and watch these games. I'm curious to see moochers. you. I'm curious to see you during a JK. <laughs> We'll pick out a good Jet game and go watch it. No, yeah. Well, it's too bad. The Jets-Falcons game might have been fun to watch last year. But I was rooting against the Jets half the time. That's why it was so so backwards. But I'm telling you, Sam Darnold, the Jets somehow, someway, and I know that he's not that realistic for them picking at six, but if they landed him, I'm all in. I'm, I'm getting my season tickets back. I'm pumped. For the New York Jets, if they can make that happen. Kirk Cousins will not drag me back yeah. to MetLife Stadium more than a couple times a year. That'll be, when they have a big game, I'll buy a ticket when I'm available. Come on. Darnold's the guy that gets me pumped. I, but but you're, you're excited on hope. With Cousins, you have a legit chance to build a winner now. Uh, you, you build a playoff. By team. the way, I don't think Darnold's that unrealistic. I mean, I think the Jets could move up. I don't know if the Giants are going to take Darnold. I don't think so. I, I don't hope think Darnold says something really stupid in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I would that stock down. I am so excited for the Jets season. When did you give up your season tickets, by the way? After 2012, after the uh, the Buff Fumble game. And you're sure the- you could get back? <laughs> that was the line. That was oh, it. yeah, you can get them back. You could get them back? Oh, yeah. Interesting. They're selling tickets all the time. And who you do it on your own, or you go partners with your dad or something, or how do you? I do don't it? know. I'd have to oh. figure it out. Okay, but I, 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 I would investigate it. Let me say that much. I would investigate getting yeah. tickets again and, and put in the work. Now more of the W O R Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, myself and Sal. Uh, Sal with us every Wednesday here in the Sports Zone as we come to you uh, between the winter weather updates. Uh, and you'll have another one coming up at the top of the hour. Sal, I know I'm as a Jets guy, I'm not make or break on Kirk Cousins, but you you know this team pretty well. Yeah. Do you think it is make or break for the Jets to sign Kirk Cousins? I don't want to say make or break, but there's a chance that it could go make or break if they don't get Cousins, who I think is the best scenario, right? You pay for the quarterback, lock him up, you still have money to spend, and then you have a bunch of draft picks to where you could put around the already young nucleus that they have. And look, they need to build an offensive line. You could use another skill position player. Another one. Defense. They yeah. need like 10 or well, at, least, at least three or four. Their best skill position guy was arrested last month. No, no. Anunua is going to be bad. I would cut Robbie Anderson, by the way. That dope. He just doesn't. Well, doesn't Anunua, get... you're hoping that he's what he was beforehand. But McHagnon, can, he's he's proved that he could find some of those guys and develop them out of nowhere. I think Anunua uh-huh. is going to be a legit number one. They'll they'll find some skill position players. I'd pay for the quarterback. Look, they could also go out and pay for some, too. Sure. They have money to spend. So the, the risk is that if you don't get Cousins... Now you have to hope that at six, assuming you don't trade up, there's a guy that you love there, and then that that guy becomes the future of the franchise moving forward years down the road. Think about the week that the Jets are going to have next week. It's not even a week. NFL free agency happens right. in a snap of a finger. Hours. What is that exactly, by the way? I believe it's know? Tuesday. 
Okay. So it starts at four o'clock on Tuesday. Starts at four on Tuesday. Yeah. Good. So Lord. they have yeah. to. Kirk Cousins is going to make this decision in the first probably three days of free agency. The I would Jets think he's have to know do, immediately. The Jets have to woo him. They have to be working on other free agents as well, right? And they have ninety million dollars that they could go out and spend this off season. How, how are they possibly going to be able to be on the phone enough to coordinate all that they have to do? And part of recruiting cousins has to be, hey, we're going to sign this guy, this guy, this guy. So don't just compare us to the Vikings and think it's all even, right? How do you put all that together in such a short period of time? Well, I know that they have multiple plans in case this, in case that, but you're right. It is a lot because it's going to be fast and furious. Yeah. It already is with all these trades happening. Somebody was saying before, we know Michael Bennett got traded today. Mm-hmm. I think that was today, right? From the yes. Seahawks to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Giants get Alec Ogletree from the Rams, which is huge for them getting a linebacker. And then I saw somebody who writes for the NFL saying that uh, he talked to a GM and it sounds like they're going to be Many more trades to come with big name players involved. I mean, that's so it's already a week ahead of the free agency period officially. You're going to have a lot of movement potentially, and then you have the free agency, and then you have the draft. It is a crazy time these next several weeks here. Yeah, the madness is beginning. You like Ogletree with Big Blue? I do. Now, I know he's missed a bunch of tackles. Okay, I know he had a down year last year after they gave him the big contract. But he's an upgrade over anything the Giants have had. They've neglected the linebacking position for years, it seems. And Gettleman's going to he already address linebacker, and he's going to address offensive line, which have been the two biggest areas of needs for them. I think Ogletree will be good here. I don't think you could expect a potentially great player that maybe you hope for, or maybe that the Rams thought they were getting when they signed him. That's that a contract. huge red flag to me. You sign him a four-year deal, and, and you're trading tra- him five the, months later? Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Mm. He's fast. And he, he missed some tackles though. He's physical. He's good. He's gonna be a good. It player. It can't be a talent issue. Good leader. Called the plays on defense. Yeah. Well, you know the Giants. They had some Something's some issues off. on that defense yeah. last year. I, I'd be a little worried about that. Uh, as uh, we will have Mike Maggio covers the Yankees for the Daily News. Aaron Judge, a leadoff hitter. Could it happen? Is it a good idea? We'll uh, touch on that right now. A news update.